Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. You can smile at me, church. It's okay. You got a little icy pole. We do that intentionally so you get a hit of sugar. So you're like, hallelujah. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I mean, you can do that if you want to. That's okay. Let me look at you. Let me look at you. Good morning. Hello online. Hello podcast listeners. Listeners? 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 Um, You're part of our family this morning. So we just want to say welcome, 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 welcome. It's good that you chose this morning to be with us. Amen. Thanks, beautiful Cynthia. You can sit down. A little bit of synth in the background. Woo! Oh, so breezy. <laughs> so nice. Um, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, I just wanted to highlight um, some things that were spoken about. Um, the internship applications. So every year, Pastor Joel talks about we do our internships here at Celebration Church. And it's where you volunteer just one day of your time. Um, to come out and to help serve the church. But it's not just about the things that you do. It's about you getting access to our staff, to our pastoral team on a really unique level. I did intern um, at this church and I tell you what, like coming here on a Sunday and serving on team, it's fantastic, but you get another look inside of our church family, our pastor's heart. So if that's something, be prayerfully considering that, if that's something that you would like to do. It's not just for young people as well, all ages. If you feel like you have a heart that you want to come and serve the church for a day of your week, Um, apply. Come and see what that's about. Um, And also our Vision Sunday on the 12th of February. That's always a really exciting Sunday filled with expectation and faith. So come along for that as well. Um, And I just wanted to highlight last week, we had beginning of every year, we have an anointing service where we, we come together as a church family and just kind of recommit the year to God, to what he wants to do. And we pray for everybody individually. Um, That was a really powerful service. So I just wanted to thank those that helped us pray. But also if you weren't there, um, you want some prayer maybe this morning that you missed out last Sunday, we'll have an opportunity for you to be able to still receive this morning. Um, But also I wanted to just highlight, Benaiah was sharing. um, And as he was sharing, he was saying something. And in our church family, there's there's this edge of prophetic and the prophetic is just pretty much calling things that are not yet to come and declaring what that is to get your hearts prepared and your hearts ready. Um, It's not weird, it's biblical, it's all through the Bible where God will give a direction or a prophetic word to somebody and it will help encourage encourage the people. And I just wanted to highlight because as he was speaking last week, he said something And I could feel the shift in the atmosphere. And afterwards, I said to him in the car, I was like, that was really prophetic what you said. And I think we might have missed it. So I just wanted to go over it just really quickly. Um, He was talking about the Grand Canyon. I don't know if you remember this, if you were here. And he was talking about how the Grand Canyon, which is one one of the natural wonders of our world, was formed by a mighty river. Yeah, that once was a mighty, mighty river. And he said this, he said, 
May we be mighty rivers in the kingdom that carve out natural and spiritual wonders. For 2023, may you be a mighty river. We talk about here at Celebration Church that the, what we believe we're called to be a well of refreshment and a, a river that flows that other people can come and drink from it, get refreshing. And he said, may we be that, but to the point where we actually carve out natural and spiritual wonders that generations to come can look back on and say that is what God did. So let that settle and sit in your spirits, in Jesus' name. I am going to pray because I also probably need a tissue box at some point. Um, I haven't shared for a little while. We've been away. Oh, goodness, if you're new with us, please, you know, I'm not crying because I'm sad. I just, when I share... The presence of God overwhelms me and I get emotional. So I pray that you would hear his heart through my tears um, and hear what he has to say to you. Because I had prepared a word for this morning and I woke up this morning and as I was, if you're a mother or a father with a small child would know, your time with God looks different. So I was in the kitchen getting my son's breakfast and I was talking to the Holy Spirit and I was praying for you guys this morning and I was praying about my word. And as I'm cutting up his pear, my heart was just overwhelmed. I was like, what I'm planning to share, I'm not going to share. Because I think he wants to take us on a different path this morning. So I'm going to share some stories, if that's okay. Um, but I want to pray. Because um, I want to invite him and his angels to do only what they can do. So, oh, Father God, you're so good. You're so good and you're so faithful. And this morning, it's all part of your plan. It's all part of what you have orchestrated for every ear and every heart that is listening. There is a plan and a purpose for this morning. Whether they're physically here or whether they're listening online or on a podcast, God, you have predestined this exact moment for their hearts to receive something from you this morning. It is not by chance. It is not by just a random act. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open up ears to hear, that you would open eyes to see. Holy Spirit, that you would get rid of and break down any walls, any barriers, any familiarity when it comes to church, kingdom, you, Christianity, whatever those words, whatever meaning those words hold to people, God, I pray that you would just silence anything of untruth and you would speak your truth this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you stir hunger again in the hearts of your people. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would stir desperation again in the hearts of your people to believe you for the impossible, to believe you for the supernatural, 
for signs, wonders, miracles. Everything that your kingdom encompasses and embraces, may it be our reality. Jesus, you prayed it yourself on earth as it is in heaven. And this morning, I pray that prayer back to your heart on earth as it is in heaven. That this morning we won't be sitting in a hot room in 8 Bellevue Street, South Narra, but we would position ourselves in the throne room this morning. That we would see ourselves surrounded by angels and the great cloud of witnesses this morning. That you would take our minds and shatter them. The small-mindedness and the small perspective that we have of our current situation, God, that you would break it. That we would see your kingdom come and your will be done in this room, in this place, in this moment. King Jesus, that we'd not be Pharisees, that we not be religious, that we not be prideful. But with humility and open hearts, we would say, come and move, come and speak. Because we are desperate and hungry for more of you in your mighty name. Um, I have been in this church, in this room, in this youth ministry for 18 years. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I started coming along to youth first here when I was 14. I'm 32. Well, so it's nearly 19 years, isn't it? Because I'm nearly 33. 18 years. And some of you have been here for longer than me. Some of you, this is your first Sunday and you're, you're fresh, but I have had the privilege of sitting inside this room in multiple meetings of 18 years of history, of heritage, of things that have, people that have gone before, fought battles, prayed prayers, set up foundations and platforms that you are now sitting on and receiving off. And this morning I felt in my heart to tell some stories about what I have seen and not to, you know, do a back in the good old days because um, that's not what we do. I think that the power of understanding where we come from is understanding the platform and the foundation that we've set, but it also sets up an expectation for what is to come. And I want to challenge and encourage and hopefully stir your spirit and your heart again for 2023. Because everybody goes, oh, you know, the last two years or the COVID and the lockdowns. And okay, that's been like that. That's happened. It's been, it was hard. It was a season, but that's not where we are now. So I don't want to be looking back from then. I think that we need a fresh expectation and a fresh revelation of what God wants to do for now and for our future year. And in the Old Testament, they did this, they, but they set up altars. So whenever God did something, whenever he met somebody in the Old Testament, wherever there was a miracle, wherever there was a word of knowledge, they would set up a physical altar. They would put rocks together and they would set it up. And that was so, when people were walking past that, there was something that they remembered. Oh, that's when God did. That is when he said. That is when that happened. 
and there were physical reminders so that then their hearts could be encouraged, their faith would be stirred, but it also set up an expectation for what he can do, what he's able to do, what he wants to do. And today, we don't have altars, yeah? We don't have altars lying around. We don't have an altar down here. We don't have an altar over here of that moment that young person encountered Jesus and was set free. We don't have an altar down here of when, you know, someone was slain in the Holy Spirit and was totally undone by God's love. We don't have, we don't have altars set up in our physical church, but we have memories and we have testimony. And so I want to share with you some of the things that I remember that God has done in this house, hopefully to encourage. And for some of you, you might have never heard this. For some of you, you might have never experienced it. But I believe that God wants to do something and he's not done yet. So can I share some stories? I'm going to sit. Is that okay? So I remember when I was... 14, my mum took me and one of my really good friends and my sister and one of her really good friends to Hillsong Conference and this was back when we were 14 years old and I remember I had grown up in church my whole life and it was the first time that I had ever encountered the kingdom on a large scale when I was sitting in that auditorium and there were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people worshipping and me and my friend were at one of the youth, uh, youth section of the conference. And there were thousands of young people from all different, you know, nationalities and belief systems and whatever. And they were all there. And there was this moment. And I still remember it to this day. <laughs> because that was a moment for me that I felt like God unlocked something in my heart to do with the kingdom. And there was thousands of young people lifting up the name of Jesus and there was a moment where slowly, one by one, everyone started kneeling. Everyone started kneeling down in worship, thousands across this auditorium. And I remember I was kind of towards the back on the floor and there was this one guy and he had crutches. And everyone's slowly kneeling in this act of worship. And I'm talking thousands of young people. I don't even remember the song, but I remember the moment. And I knelt down and my friend was next to me. And there was this guy standing with crutches. And I remember he was so overwhelmed and he threw his crutches down and he knelt before King Jesus. And I remember watching that moment being like, there is something that God is doing inside of that young man. That in the midst of his, you know, incapability physically, he's willing to kneel at the feet of the king. And there were thousands of young people doing it and God moved my heart in such a way that I was like, this is what it's about. There is something bigger and greater at work than just me in my small church, in my small town. The kingdom is large. His perspective is large. And for thousands of young people to kneel in an auditorium and lift their voices with abandonment, I was like, that's it. That's it. I remember we used to have here a youth called the Joshua Service. Does anyone remember the Joshua Service? Some people, Troy and Mitchell's probably. And what it was, was on a Friday night, we used to have youth and we used to have a crazy time. We used to do tribal wars. We had cafe, normal youth, yeah? Who goes to youth now? Who loves youth? 
Oh, come on, young people. Who loves youth? Great. Good. And we, we would have the craziest time at youth. And that was the first service. And then the second service was called the Joshua service. And that was based on this idea, which was in the Bible, that Joshua would stay behind in the tent of the meeting in the Old Testament to meet with God. And so we set up this service on a Friday night where if you didn't want to be there, you didn't have to be there. It was for those that were hungry. It was for those that were desperate. And we used to go into these services and we would spend hours, I'm talking hours, worshipping praying, praying for each other, praying for our city. Sometimes we would be in a circle in this room, like look around in this actual room. This is what took place. We would stand around in a circle. Nat would have his guitar. There will be moments where we would be like a war cry, like we would be aggressive, like we were trying to take ground. We were trying, and then there would be moments of stillness and quiet. There would be moments of us individually sitting around the room just quietly before God. There would be moments of dancing. This room was filled with dancing. I remember this one time there was this one guy and he was running around the room for hours because he was just compelled to unleash that expression. And it was young people going, we've got a Friday night. We don't want to be out partying. We don't want to be doing drugs. We don't want to be going out drinking. We want to be in this room hungry to meet with God and there would be times when it would go for I remember hours and to the point where you didn't even know what the time was you'd look at the time and be like oh my gosh it's like 11 p.m and then it was hard to stop the meeting sometimes but that is what we did I remember there was times when we used to have a meeting I was trying to I asked Nat when I first came to church and it was like a, a Wednesday night meeting. Alwyn might remember this. I don't know, the Stuarts might remember this, where we would come together and it was, I think it was a Wednesday night. It was church because it was adults there as well. And we just used to, Pastor James used to share something, but it was more open for anything to happen. I remember one time when we did an old school fire tunnel, which if you don't know what a fire tunnel is, it's when... Pretty much just people stand either side, line up either side, and you walk through it. And as you're walking through it, people are just laying hands on you praying. Yeah, like old, I would say old school. I don't know if does anyone remember the fire tunnels. <laughs> yes, yes. For good or bad, I don't know. But I remember that. And I remember people just coming and encountering the presence of God. I remember one time where laughter hit the room. Supernatural joy. And Pastor James, which is Benaiah's dad, was sitting down here, right down there in, on that stage, laughing, hysterically laughing, tears down his face because the joy of the Lord just hit the building. This is our foundation, church. This is what you sit on this morning. I remember moments where people would get prayed for and they would fall over on the, under the weight of God. And we'd have to have people literally with, they called it modesty cloths, because sometimes if you fell under the power of God and your tummy was exposed, we would have people come and put a cloth over them, modesty cloths, so they could just enjoy the presence of God without worrying about their exposed belly. That happened. I remember times in this room where we've seen physical healings, cancer being prayed for and being healed. And like actual physical testimonies of them going back to the doctor and saying the cancer's gone. Bones being realigned right here on this altar. 
We've told you the story before when a guy had crutches and he put them up here because he walked in with crutches. We prayed for him and they stood here. The crutches stood here on the, on the stage as a symbol. That is what God did and he walked out without them. We've had people receive their smell back again, their taste back again. We've had physical healings in this room. This morning, you sit on that foundation. This is part of your heritage that people fought for years and years and years. It is here for you. Get excited. Let your faith stir again. I've also been in this room when I've heard demons physically screaming. (laughs) Don't know if that's a good thing to share. But because of the glory of God, because of the power of his presence, people could not withstand being inside of this room. Supernaturally. Stuff that's not, not explained. Salvations. We've had thousands and thousands of thousands of people sitting right where you're sitting, going from darkness to light on this platform. Oh, it's so good. Thousands. People that sometimes we won't even know their story. And we'll meet them in heaven and they'll say, Troy... You were there that day. You prayed for me. We had moments of doing 101 where we'd go for 100 salvations in one month and we'd hit it because we had faith and expectation to believe God for it. We've had people come in, find salvation and then go out and live their life and do whatever they want but then come back in tears like the prodigal son being welcomed back home with open arms. We've had first-time salvations and we've had people return in this room. We've had people on their knees getting right with God. I think I've shared this story before, but I'm going to share it again. Me and beautiful Hayley Scholl, we used to, she's away at the moment on a cruise with her husband. Um, But we went to the Christian school and we used to trick our friends into coming to youth because they didn't want to come, because they thought we were all, back then, happy, clappy, crazy Jesus people, which we were. Um, And we used to always invite them to youth, and they didn't want to come. And so we'd say, oh, no, we're not going to youth. We're just having a sleepover. Oh, yeah, we'll come to a sleepover. And they'd come to our house, and we'd be like, ha, we're going to take you to youth now. And they'd be like, what? We don't want to go to youth. We want to. And so then we literally trick them to coming to youth. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Um, But you know what? They were the ones that were on this altar in tears, getting right with God. They were the ones that would be, when we were young people, and Hayley and I would laugh being like, yes, we got them. Like, we got them, God. Because we knew that if they could just come into this room, if they could just experience the worship, if they could just feel the presence, we knew. All we knew was we just needed to trick them to get them here and God would do the rest. And he did. People on their knees, getting right with God. I remember a really powerful moment when Benaiah preached a sermon in youth about the Holy Spirit. And we've if you you were there, you might remember it. You've heard this story before. You might remember it. And he was talking about how the Holy Spirit is a person. And on a Friday night, these young people, some of them from the most crazy, rough, horrible backgrounds, he said, let's get a seat and you sit here and you're going to put a spare seat there and you're going to talk to the Holy Spirit. 
And I remember standing up the back in tears, being like, oh, this room was filled with empty seats and someone sitting across from them, sometimes awkwardly going, um, hi, Holy Spirit, this is a bit unusual. But other kids in tears, talking to the Holy Spirit, some of them for the first time. That moment was so powerful for some of our young people because it had that revelation of he's real. Even if it's just a seat in front of me, he sits there and he wants to converse with me. We've had moments in this room where I went through a season with um, Pastor James when he did SKR, which was Streaming Kingdom Realities, where we did a course about how to really get in touch with what God's doing kingdom-wise on another level. And we'd have moments sitting in this room where the keyboard would play one chord. Does anyone remember that? One chord. And it would just sound out and it would resonate out in the room. And the presence of God would just fall. And the heaviness and the weight of his glory. And no one was talking. No one was preaching. There wasn't worship happening. It was just he was coming. He was arriving. And he was resting. There are moments where there's been dancing in this room. We've had flags before. <laughs> we've had chauffeurs before. <laughs> if anyone remembers those? But we've had moments where joy has broken out and there would be dancing and people that you would not think would dance will be dancing because the joy of the Lord was in this place. Another time I remember we went through a season where my beautiful um, Connect leader, Jen, when I was at youth, we used to get here on Sunday, not because we were serving in church. We'd get here at 7 a.m. No, first, I don't know if mum and dad will remember this. First, they would drop me off at Jen's house for a Bible study at like 6 or 6.30 or something. We'd do a Bible study at her house. Then we would get to church early for that row right there. And we would put our Bibles on that row to save our seats as young people because we were so hungry and so desperate that we had to get the front row with our Bible notepad and pen, if anyone remembers that, none of these devices, you had old school like Bible notepad and pen with your Bible all highlighted and scribbled on. We would sit there and we would save those seats because we had a hunger and an expectation that God was going to show up and we wanted to be in the front row center, baby. We wanted to be the ones that were there ready. It wasn't because we were on team. It was because Jen was just like, we've got it. We've got to get those seats because God is going to speak. And so we did. There were times as well where we would meet together with our connect. Well, it was called RDG back then. And we would just pray for each other. We would be across in the kids' rooms or in the multi-purpose room or in the cafe. And we'd stand in a circle as young people. And Jen would say, all right, someone get in the middle. We're going to prophesy over them. We're going to pray for them. And as little like 15-year-old girls, you're like, um, I think. I just believe that um, God wants to say that you're beautiful. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. But that heart and expectation of going, encouraging our young people to go, let's speak truth over people. Let's encourage people. Let's say, what does God say over them? And we used to do that in our spare time. We didn't, it was like, it, that was how we had fun. We used to hang out and we used to prophesy over each other. Or the other thing that we used to do is we used to hang out and we used to go and pray for people out in the street. We used to go and find somebody who had crutches, find somebody who had a broken arm, and we used to go and pray for them. And that is what we did. Church, this is our heritage. This is the foundation which you sit upon. 
And I just want to, I feel to encourage you and also let your faith and expectation rise of why did you come to church this morning? Why are you here? Some of you came because you rostered on. Others of you came because you wanted to meet with God. Others of you came because you believe that when you're here, God gives you a word of encouragement and you want to give it to somebody else. But did we come with that heart of expectation of, I want to be in the front row because God is going to do something. When his people gather together, there is something that rages and roars in the supernatural that attracts the presence of God, that attracts the supernatural, that attracts the miracles. When was the last time you saw a miracle? When was the last time that you saw something that was so supernatural that you can't explain it? Maybe it was this morning. Maybe you prayed for somebody and you already saw them healed. Amazing. Our walk with God is supposed to be supernatural. It's supposed to be kingdom. It's supposed to be something that doesn't need explaining because it's just Him. When we pray that prayer, on earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. That looks like a mighty roar, a mighty river, a mighty wave. That looks like healings. It looks like salvations. It looks like miracles. That looks like people getting broken and set free and chains shattering onto the floor that looks like something that can't be explained by my power if I'm not living out of that what am I doing for 2023 we're at the beginning of the year have you forgotten the altars that have been set up have you forgotten what God has done in the past to be reminded of what he can do in the future and I'm not saying like I I said already it's not let's go back to the good old days Those days were great, but you know what? God has better days for us that we have not yet seen. He has more miracles. He has more things that he wants to reveal to us that we haven't even hoped, dreamed, or imagined. And I think about my son, but I just took him out then because playing with his cars. Um, I think about him and I think you are nearly three. What am I going to leave for his foundation and his platform that he can get up here and go, oh, when I was a kid, this is what I saw. This is what I I heard. This is what God did. But for his generation and the generations to come, this is what is yet to come. There always has to be a building church. There always has to be a momentum and an expectation of God's not done yet. He's not finished yet. This is not it. It's great, but it's not it. It's amazing. You guys are incredible. Our church family is going strong. It's growing. We're healthy. But we are not there yet. We haven't reached the goal of kingdom coming and will being done. We're getting there daily. But I want to encourage you again. Let your faith stir. Let it rise because he is not done yet. We need to not become so normal that we forget about the supernatural. And it's not just for us. It's not just for us to sit in a service and have the laughter, have the dancing, have the roaring God moments, have the healings. That's not just for us. It's so that we set up an atmosphere and a hunger and an expectation so that when other people come in, it flows off onto them. They're already in an atmosphere that's set up, that's ripe, that's pregnant with expectation and belief so that as soon as they walk into it, they start receiving straight away. And also for overflow in our world, our overflow in our family, our overflow in our community, it's never supposed to be contained here. We should have altars all over this city of God encounters. 
You should have altars in your workplace of remember when God said, remember when he did, remember when I prayed for. It shouldn't just be in this room. It should be you reminiscing going, oh yeah, I remember when I got a word of knowledge for that checkout girl and it was really awkward and I shared it to her and she broke down in tears. That is a God moment. Or I remember when I prayed for the salvation of my family member and one day we started having a conversation in my living room and there the Holy Spirit fell and they were undone and they you know, gave their heart to God. That's an altar there. Your altars should be all throughout your, our city, all throughout your family, all throughout your workplace, but it also should be here in our church of going, this is what God's done. This is the foundation, but also of what he's going to do in Jesus' name. Can I read you something? Is that okay? And I, I mean, 18 years, that's, that's okay. But I know that there's people in this room that have other stories on me. They have years on me. All right. Some, oh, sorry, Isaiah 61. It's going to be on the screen. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. Just, I, li- I should have said it before I started reading it. This was given to Pastor James and Pastor Annie. Uh, maybe, I want to say, if we've been pastoring for four years, maybe it was about eight years ago-ish, seven, eight years ago. I don't know if anybody remembers. And they were given this as a promise, Pastor James and Pastor Annie, which were the pastors before Benara and myself, that this is what God is going to do in and through this house. Okay? So it's not just a random verse. This is like a prophetic declaration for our church. Verse 2. To proclaim the favourable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those in, who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations and they will repair the ruined cities. The desolation of many generations. Strangers will stand and pass your flocks, and foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers. But you will be called the priests of the Lord. You will be spoken for as ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will have a double portion, and instead of humiliation, they will shout for joy over their portion. Therefore, they will possess a double portion in their land. Everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery in the burnt offering. I will faithfully give them their re- uh, give them their recommence and make them an everlasting covenant with them and their offspring will be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the people. All who see them will recognize them because they are the offspring whom the Lord has blessed. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts and as the garden causes the spring sown in the spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. 
Celebration Church. There is a heritage to this house that needs to be honoured. There is a foundation which people have fought generations and generations for. Like literally fought. Like some of the battles that have gone on to see this house and this church established. A lot of you will not know. Prayers that were prayed. So that we can sit and receive. But also, hopefully, so that we can sit and dream and believe again and have faith for again that we're not just sitting here doing church because that's what we've always done but we're honoring the men and women of God the giants of the faith that have gone before and I want to honor them so that then I can fight for the next generation for the sons and the daughters that are yet to come, for the people that are not even inside of our church family, for my son, for his generation. What platform, what foundation do I want to set? Is it just to be nice, good Christians, not cause any disruptions? Or is it to have a roar coming from the river of God and the well of life that is inside me that walks out kingdom come, that his heaven will invade every aspect of the way that we do church, from miracles, from salvations, from healings, from all of that. I want that to be normal because I think that people paid a price for us to see that. And I just want to encourage and stir our hearts again. What do you believe in God for for 2023? We have New Year's resolutions of I want to lose 50 kilos or I want to, I read 12 books last year. I want to read 12 books. I want to, I want to spend more time with my family. They're all good things. But do you have a celebration church, New Year's resolution? Have you prayed into this house? Have you prayed into what God wants to do in our young people, in our youth ministry, in our kids program, for our toddlers? Do you have a faith and expectation in your heart to say, this is what 2023 is going to be for me and my family in God's house. And we are going to stand on the foundation and the platform that has been set before us, but we are going to continue to build and expand and grow so that the generations to come will have these stories. We'll have the stories of, I remember when God did and stuff that doesn't make sense. Like bones being healed right here, right in this place. People weeping under the love and the presence of God. It doesn't make sense. But he's done it and he'll do it again. But do you believe for it? Did you come in this morning going, this is what God's going to do? Or do we waltz in? It's a bit hot, very hot today. Probably going to go to the beach. Oh, Vision Sunday's on the 12th of February. Gee, that's a bit far away. What am I going to do until then? No vision. Oh, may we be so unsatisfied <laughs> in such a godly way. Share your stories. If you've been in this house for any amount of time and you've seen God do something, share them. 
Tell the next generation, tell the new person, because he's not done yet, church. This is the heritage of our house, but let it not die with us. Oh, imagine. Imagine if I've seen all these things and then we sink into this rhythm of routine, normal, and it dies. Is Nat? Natty's here. Can you jump up for me, Natty? Why don't you just close your eyes where you're at, if that's okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray for us, church, and then we're going to worship. And we're going to worship over our 2023. And we're going to declare something over our 2023 together collectively. But Father God, I just ask Holy Spirit, oh, that you would start to stir. If you haven't already, start to stir. Start to stir a hunger a hunger in your people for more, for more of you, for more of your presence, for more of your kingdom, for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we would be so hungry and desperate to see things that we can't explain, to see the eyes of the blind open, to see the ears of the deaf hear, to see the chains be broken, to see things that we can't explain come into being. Father, I know that there's people in this place that have been praying years for things that they have not seen. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you start to stir them again in their heart for this year. What do you have for this year, God? that we remember what has been, that we honour the altars, that we honour the men and women of God who have gone before us. But we also look forward into the future with faith and expectation. God, that you would stir our hearts again to have faith and expectation, that we would believe you, we would believe your word again, God, that you are healer, that you are saviour, that you do have things above and beyond what we could hope, dream or imagine. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you start to open up our eyes again. Cast familiarity to the ground. That Jesus, that 2023 would be a year of seeing your kingdom come and your will be done. And that as we experience, as we encounter you, God, that it would overflow into our city. I pray again for our city, God. I pray for the city of the Shoalhaven, God, that you would start to stir a hunger inside of our city, God, for you, for kingdom. Come on, church, pray with me. Gosh, we're praying for our city who is broken right now. Jesus, that this year would be salvations. I pray for our high schools, God. Start praying with me, church. I pray for our young people that they would encounter the love of God like never before. Holy Spirit, I pray for our business people. I pray for our business owners. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would start to stir them 
Stir their hearts, God, for your kingdom to come in workplaces, God, in families. God, where there are sons and daughters that are lost, I ask them to come home this year. Holy Spirit, that 2023 will be a year of the lost coming home for breakthrough, for healing, for people in this place that have disease in their bodies. God, I declare healing over them in your mighty name. I declare Holy Spirit health and wholeness. Jesus, for pain to be gone, for pain to be gone, for a fresh revelation of who they are and what they carry. Jesus, start to stir us again. Start to stir us again. Pray with me, church. Pray with me. If you don't know what to pray, speak in tongues. Why don't you stand to your feet, church? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Your kingdom come and your will be done, God. Stir it up, Holy Spirit, where we not be satisfied. Stir us up, God. Stir us up, God. Bring us to remembrance the things that you've done and the things that you want to do, that you are able to do. Jesus, for what seems impossible with man is possible with you. You are all powerful, King Jesus. You are all knowing, King Jesus. Stir it up, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.